Hello, 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 and welcome back to Battlefield. I am your host, Jessica Trout. It has been what feels like forever because um, everything has been pretty busy in the last few weeks, especially, you know, motherhood and as well as being a mom to two boys. One is in his threes, or you can call it terrible threes, and one who is going to be six months old this month, and he is teething up a freaking storm to the point where I'm actually losing sleep because he will wake up in the middle of the night with sharp pain, and then I have to try to comfort him as well as feed him. And uh, I know last night around the 11 o'clock hour where he woke up at 11 something and not even five minutes later, when I thought he was asleep, I put him down. He's starting to whimper again. So, and then I got to, I had had to refeed him and, or at least, you know, give him something to cover him, comfort himself on. Uh, so that was, wow. And then he wakes up at five something this morning. And then I have my three-year-old who's waking up at 6.15 for some reason on a Saturday when I really wish he would do that for school, but instead he's doing it on a Saturday and I have no idea why. So, um, yeah, and not to mention he's sniffling again and coughing, and now I'm thinking he might have another small cold. Kids his age can't seem to get a break, and therefore making it so draining uh, for us parents to, you know, just trying to make sure they get better, as well as on top of everything else. Uh, but luckily he was able to make it to school all week and the fact that I was able to get stuff done, uh, and I got a new vacuum, which was nice because my old one was, for some reason, when you would push the vacuum, <laughs> stuff would spew out instead of suck in. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just remaking my carpet dirty, which actually stresses me out instead of helps me out. So getting a new vacuum it seems like when you're an adult even getting cleaning supplies like it excites you it's like the weirdest thing so today hold on i gotta get my, my, my notes here <clears throat> we're going to talk about body dysmorphia okay now here's the deal body dysmorphia is not exactly something that should be taken lightly. A lot of people would look at you and be like, oh my gosh, you're just overreacting or considering the fact that, you know, they think that your body, something that you're, you know, complaining about your body is something that they think is just something that you're going to go through and then you're going to get over. Well, that's not exactly the truth. Uh, body dysmorphia disorder is actually a real thing. It's also called BDD um, or body dysmorphic disorder. Um, so pretty much I'm going to give you a little overview about it. So the overview is it's a mental illness involving obsessive focus, obsessive focus on a perceived flaw in an appearance. Um, you know, the flaw may be minor or imagined, but the person may spend hours a day trying to fix it. And the person may try many cosmetic procedures or exercises to an excess okay so meaning like pretty much people who look in the mirror like they can be really really skinny and have a fast metabolism and um you know and, and people and you know they have this fast metabolism like they can be skinny they can even have bait like women who like i know a few women who have really fast metabolisms 
And they started out really like skinny, like beautifully skinny. And they can eat wherever they wanted. And they have babies. Guess what? Boom. Then six months, boom, they're back down to themselves again. And I'm sitting here struggling to keep, to put my body back to the way it was. Not only because, you know, I also, you know, have like, there's no such thing as big bone, but you know, I have some thickness here and there, but I also have hypothyroidism. So it's harder to keep the weight off. Um, but yet these women will complain that when they look in the mirror, they're fat. They say they're fat, they're fat, they're fat. And that's all they see is fat. And I'm like, okay, you know, not judgy, but at the same time, it's like, really, really, you know, I don't see fat. I see holy freaking crap. How the fuck? And I'm sitting here struggling every day, you know, at least working out once or twice a week, trying to eat right. And you're sitting there eating a freaking cheeseburger and barely getting bloated, you know, and <laughs> you're complaining you're fat. So body dysmorphia is pretty much you're obsessing over yourself, you know, being too skinny, too fat, you know, blah, 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 or certain body parts you're obsessing over there, too skinny, too fat, not thick enough, not skinny enough. Um, and of course, another example, take, um, you know, take people who get cosmetic surgeries constantly. Okay. Because the pe- they, they feel, oh, my lips aren't full enough. Now I need to get more Botox or I need my nose skinnier because it, lo- it still looks too fat or the nostrils feel like they're still too big. I need to make sure it's skinny and pointed, you know, um, oh my, or especially women who obsess about their boobs. So they want breast augmentation. They want to keep getting bigger breasts. Because they're like, oh, I just want to, I just want to have bigger breasts. Or, you know, again, another example. Okay, this one actually kind of drives me nuts. Because, guys, I don't know if you realize this, but our ribs in our body are there to protect our lungs most of the time. It is there to protect pretty much from trauma most of the time. Yes, you can break them, but here's the deal. Think about it. The ribs will break, but your lung will be fine, okay? They are there for reinforcement, technically. When women, especially, take out their ribs because they want a corset, more corset-looking look, that's body dysmorphia. That is obsessing over, you know, looking pretty much like what everyone wanted to be way back when. Barbie doll, perfect body, okay? What they're not realizing is that they are pretty much taking away the protection and that so if let's say they get into a car accident, their lungs, they can be in grave danger for instant death, okay? Because if your lungs get hurt in any way to the point that, you know, instant hitting or blunt trauma, I mean, you can be dead on arrival before they can even start CPR, okay? That's... So body dysmorphia is just obsessing excessively over the fact, you know, flaws that you supposedly are seeing or it's there and you just can't seem to get over it. There's a lot of people who imagine themselves when they look in the mirror, oh, look at this, I'm still fat. 
you know, it's also plays mind tricks. It's mind games. It's imaginative. So that's also body dysmorphia. So <clears throat> symptoms. This also requires a medical diagnosis. So pretty much what I just said, you know, this sore may frequently examine their appearance in a mirror, constantly compare their appearance of others and avoid social media situations or photos, which, um, by the way, I don't clearly think it's that true. You can't, okay, I don't think people who have this disorder really avoid social media a lot. Some do, but if you think about it, there are a lot of girls, especially women and men on TikTok and Facebook and Instagram who will use not only filters, They'll put heavy makeup on on purpose. They will make sure they're posing correctly because they, they, that's attentive to them. That makes their body, a, body dysmorphia disorder you know, better to deal with. So not only there is some percentage of people avoiding it, but there is a big percentage of social media attention people who seek the craving so they can feel better and temporarily Take away the feeling of despair of that disorder. You get what I'm saying? Um, so they, they, they look for that attention so they can, you know, feel better. But see, it's a temporary feeling, you know. So some people may experience like, you know, like anxiety and general discontent as well as, you know, unwanted thoughts, compulsive behavior or depression, which obviously, you know, is very bad. Um, this can also cause suicidal thoughts, which, by the way, you can call the National Suicide Hotline always. Those people are on there 24-7 to talk to you if you are having a problem or having ideas that you don't need to be having in your brain. Um, so always make sure that you are aware that that is there for you. So when you go to treatments, you can have counseling, an antidepressant, behavioral therapy, psychotherapy, cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, there are medications that can help you, you know, just like with depression. But again, you would have to talk to your provider about it. Um, you would have to consistently... Get yourself into therapy, psychotherapy, um, but it all, you know, it all has to depend on you. And especially, you know, considering you can't always live your life, you can't live your life in a bubble like that. I get it. You know, I'm never going to be, okay, here's the deal. I'm never going to be immune to body dysmorphia. I'm never going to be immune to, you know, certain here and there when I look in the mirror, you know, oh my gosh, you know, that looks, I look a little big today or I'm so bloated today. I'm never going to be immune to that. I'm always going to look in the mirror and say, Ugh, or at least go, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I kind of ate a little too much today. Now my stomach exploded. Great. <laughs> or my six pack is hiding now. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm guilty. I'm just as guilty. I'm guilty that I still look in the mirror and I go, Really? Like, my post-baby body is still there. Like, are you serious? I've been working so hard. Why is my skin not tightening back up? 
I, you know, but at the, at the end of the day, I'm always, you know, looking at my kids and being like, you know, I carried them. I'm so proud. My body went through the most traumatic shit just to birth two beautiful babies. And, you know, they are here on this earth. And, and my husband, who is very supportive, by the way, very supportive that he still stay by my side. He'll touch my stomach and go, oh my gosh, I cannot believe you carried our children. And it's nice to have that. So having support really helps as well. Um, here's the deal. A lot of body dysphoria behavior, especially, tends to happen when you start becoming a teenager. And of course, a lot, this is kind of common sense because think about it. I was a teenager. I look back on my photos now. I'm like, why the fuck did I even complain I was fat? Because honestly, I would pretty much give anything. I wouldn't say anything. I would give, I don't know. I'd give up chocolate, let's just say, to be that weight like I was in high school again. I would give up freaking chocolate to be what I was in high school. But yet, as a girl a teen girl, I complained. I complained about, oh my gosh, my body sucks. I freaking hate my body. I'm fat. Look at my legs. Like I would look at myself in the mirror every day before school and go, oh God, here we go again. You know, my body doesn't look like so-and-so's. I'm not a cheerleader. I'm not a, you know, I'm not in dance because we had a dance team. Um, I'm ugly. You know, how come I can't be a blonde? How come everyone else looks good and I don't? That's pretty much what I put myself through. And it all started with, um, you know, being a teenager. But, and that sucks because we need to erase that, you know, bias for especially girls. But in the course, boys who think that they have to, you know, prove something to everybody and um you know lift weights all the time and you know uh i'm sorry guys he needs something hold on so um yes i am a mom at home once again uh my husband is not here he is at his ent school so yeah sorry sorry about that I've done this many times on my podcast before, uh, where my three-year-old has either thrown temper tantrums or, you know, I've had to feed the baby. Some of you are probably like, why don't you just schedule a time? Well, it's kind of hard to do that when, you know, you (laughs) are mostly home all the time with two kids and your husband's away. So kind of hard to do that, um, to schedule a long time. So sorry about that. All good. Um, so anyway, we need to really, really, you know, I, I mean, it's always going to be there. Yes, our, our girls and boys are going to go to school and they're going to compare to each other. And we can't really stop it. It's like bullying. We try to stop it. But it's always going to, a little thing of bullying is even going to be there. And we're going to be like, oh my gosh, how do we completely stop it? That's the thing. Well, kind of like the coronavirus, how do we completely stop it? By the way, it's here to stay. It's going to mutate. Everything's going to get worse before it can get better. Now, 
I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be hypocritical to get over it. No. You can have body dysmorphia whenever. It can start from a young age. It can start in the middle age. It can start when you get to your midlife crisis. It can start when you turn 60 years old even. I get it. And it can also, you can start having OCD because you want everything to be perfect on you. And so you will have to get help. And I just want to say that, you know, there are a lot of beautiful people out there. I'm not talking about the celebrities with the perfect body. I'm talking about even the bigger women who have trouble losing weight, you know, like me, like thyroid and, um, gosh, what is that other word? <laughs> um, why can't I think of it? Oh, it's PCOS, polycystic ovarian system, syndrome, system, syndrome. <laughs> it's, it's women who just are bigger as well. Um, it's, it's a, it's a missed or irregular menstrual periods, excessive hair growth, acne, infertility, and weight gain. Um, they are higher at risk for type two diabetes and heart problems and endometrium cancer and all that. And so... They can work out as much as they want, but it's very hard to keep that consistency of weight off. Now, can it be done? Yeah, but it also depends on genetics. I know I did a podcast not too long ago about, um, you know, how products can only go so far, but it has to be you that does the healthy diet, what you put into your body and exercise. You can't always rely on the product itself. Like it's, you know, but we're, but I also talked about, we're all different ladies, men, you know, kids, we're all different. We all come from different genetics. We all come from different heritages. We all come. So that all puts it into our BMI, which is called body mass indexes. And we also, and also our fat cells, how our reproductive system works. And of course, how our overall dieting works. Like we can't all be the same. Now, (laughs) the thing is, if we were all the same, this world would be very, very boring. But at the same time, society has always, always pointed a finger at You know, having the perfect body, needing the perfect body. And, you know, but the thing is, I feel that even the fashion and modeling industry is changing, which is nice because you see bigger models, you see, you know, models with different, um, what do I want to say, disorders. You see, you even see models who are now you know, down, down syndrome models. Like, I forgot her name. She is so awesome. I forgot she is down syndrome and she models. And I'm like, she is so beautiful. Oh my gosh, you guys, like I need to look her up. This is, um, it's so amazing. Like it blows my mind. Like how people can have such talent and bring so much more to the world than just skinny freaking models that, have really nothing on them, <laughs> but which I shouldn't say that because I think everyone's beautiful, but you know, they go through lengths of hurting themselves to look like that. And I really wish that wouldn't happen, but 
It's the body dysmorphia. I think everybody has a little bit of, of body dysmorphia disorder in them. I'm not saying that I'm diagnosing myself or you, but I think everybody, like everyone has a little bit of narcissism in them. Everyone has a little bit of body dysmorphia in them. Um, because you, I know it doesn't matter, you know, who you are, what age you are. Well, I mean, cognitively, um, you know, I mean, everyone still looks in the mirror and finds something to point at. I bet you there is, you know, almost everybody who wakes up in the morning to get ready for work, school, whatever, at least when they look in the mirror the first thing in the morning, they have something to point out about them, their body, saying, oh, God, man. And then they're off getting dressed and then, you know, doing whatever they do. Um. I know there's at least one thing everyone can point out in the morning, every morning or of every day or at least evening before they go to bed because I do it. I'm so guilty. I will wait. Guess what I used to do? I used to wake up the first thing in the morning I do. I go right to my scale, butt naked to see where my weight would be. Guys, I did this. This was a ritual. The thing is, it was a negative ritual because I wanted to know where my weight was. I even did this when I was pregnant. And I knew I was going to have a lot of weight on me because I was carrying a goddamn baby. That's pretty sad that I would negatively put myself in that position even pregnant. Because I didn't want to go up to at least 210. Because my first baby, I, I went up to 210. I was not supposed to be there, my doctor said. I wasn't really supposed to be gaining that much. So I was careful with my second child. So I weighed myself every day when I was pregnant. So... I, I had to learn, you know, even putting affirmations about my body on my mirror or, you know, on my phone, you know, to look at every day and practice mantra and eating right. Like, I didn't even care what my husband said. See, I'm from Nebraska. We love our beef. We love our pork. We love our chicken. We love fried food. We love corn. Okay. Um, we love our potatoes, blah, blah. I love that stuff still. I will still eat it, but I will eat it out of moderation or a tiny proportions. And as well as I will, I'm trying more plant-based stuff to put in my body because I know it's going to be better for me. Or I'm treating my body with, think of it this way, treating your body with respect. Okay. And I try to exercise at least once a day, once a day, every day, except Sundays usually are my rest days, but I did skip, however, some weekdays before because I was, you know, mentally on the verge of breakdowns because of so much to do with motherhood or, you know, I wasn't getting out of the house very much or I was just feeling all over depressed. So I had to concentrate on myself mentally and rest instead of work out, you know, because sometimes working out doesn't help me because I have no energy. So I have to try to put it into something else to make myself better to heal myself so I to heal to be able to take care of everything else so when it comes to body dysmorphia I mean I think everybody has a little bit of it but a lot of people will every day come to you know overly obsessing about it to where I don't think they even know they have the disorder and that you should talk to your care provider as well as make sure you get therapy because there, you know, 
even imagining the fact that you're fat when you look in the mirror when you're really not can really be so draining and it can actually hurt you. It can start hurting you to where you can start becoming anorexic or if you're already too skinny and you do want to be a little thicker, you can start like overeating and then get, you know, too big, you know, because you want that perfect image of thick thighs and booty or if you're fat or, you know, bigger, you know, and you're like, oh, I I really just want to be skinny. You can accidentally put yourself in danger and not even realize you're doing it because you're you keep looking in the mirror and you just keep seeing something that's not there okay i don't know what people see i don't ask but see i'm also guilty of just yoga pants or stretchy jeggings to cover my stomach my post baby stomach i am so guilty i only like to buy mostly dark or black leggings because it covers my stomach. I'll mostly wear dark shirts because I know that definitely covers my stomach after I put on those yoga pants. And I look, look better. Now, it does make me feel better. It does. And now there are some times where clothes can make us feel better. And we don't really need the professional help. We just want to wear clothes that make us look and feel better. And then when we get home, we let it all hang loose. which And we're fine with it. I'm fine with it because my skin is loose from just stretching out from having a baby. So I'm fine with it when I get home. Yes, it sucks that when I go out, I have to feel like I gotta, I don't know, hide it per se. It sucks. But at the same time, I have my days where I'm like, fuck it. I had a baby. If anybody has anything to say to me, let them because guess what? I will tell them straight out, right out. I had a baby. Shut your mouth. Okay? I just had a baby. Shut your mouth. Okay? I have no... I have no intention to, you know, hide from it. I It's... If people want to... If they want to even say, hey, you know, this and that. It's like, no, actually, it's this and that. <laughs> kind of thing. Guess what I had yesterday to eat for dinner? I had a Nacho Bell Grande from Taco Bell. Guess what comes with that meal? A second crunchy taco. I ate that too. Guess what I had for a drink? I had a fucking Pepsi. You know something? That made me happy. And it was I wasn't eating because I was depressed or upset. I was eating because it was good and it sounded wonderful. And I wanted meat. I wanted cheese. I wanted sour cream. I wanted refried beans. I I just wanted I just wanted Mexican food, guys. I just wanted Mexican food. There was no reason behind it. There was just happy reason. There was no negative reason behind it. It was just happy, happy, happiness. Did I get on the scale? I did. But I did it because I was like, eh, kind of wondering, you know, if after eating all that, where would it really put me? You know, guess what? I didn't really move. I was happy about that. I was. I was very happy about that. You know, because I did work, work out during the day. You know, I worked out for 40 minutes on YouTube. I found a video. Worked out for 40 minutes. And it was with weight, lower body stuff. So I was able to do cardio, a little bit of cardio weights. And usually, 
excuse me, some spam phone number is calling me. I'm sorry you had to hear that. Anyway, it made me feel good. If I at least get one workout a day or so, I'm happy. I'm happy. I am. I have my days. I do have my days where I'll look in the mirror and I'm like, for some reason, I just can't seem to start feeling good right now. But it's just that spirituality of myself and mentally. And, you know, I just have to put myself in a place of, I have a man who loves me, a man who knows I carried my children. I put my body through that to do, to bring in two miracles. I have, you know, the support of my women in my life who think I'm beautiful. And I think they're fucking just gorgeous. I I mean, seriously, they're just freaking gorgeous. And, um, they, they are, you know, they suffer too here and there. And so they're with me, but at the same time, they're like, you know, you're doing great. You're doing great. And we'll do this with you. I have amazing support. Can't say the same thing for some people, unfortunately, but at the same, because that does put a damper on my parade, but I do not let them. Okay. I try not to let them. Some of those people are really close to me family-wise. I'm like, you know, that sucks. But at the same time, they are not me. And I'm going places. I'm doing things in my life. Especially to make myself better. To be better. I always, I always strive to be better. I don't strive to stay, stay in the same place. So if I have a little bit of body of dysmorphia, I'm going to sit there and I'm going to take it head on. I'm going to say, you know what? I may have that flab from having kids, but it's going to work out. It's going to work out in the end. Even if I have to cry tears just to get it off my shoulders, to lightly get it off my, you know, to feel that lightness, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there, guys. But for those of you who are just feel like you guys are just in a, too much of a dark place, just hear, hear my heart when I say, please get help. You are beautiful. You may not, you may be listening to this and then go look in the mirror afterwards and go, I don't know what she's, she can't even see me. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter because your mind is beautiful. Your hearts are beautiful. And and as well as for the men, you don't need to live up to the expectations of bodybuilders. First of all, I don't think that kind of thing's attractive, but whatever a woman does, okay, more power to you, but veiny and muscly does not stir right in my stomach for me okay I like men with asses and I like men who kind of just have that little you know hip thing going you know and I don't care if they have a little bit of a stomach like my husband does like but it's not like huge and beer bellied he you can see his outline six pack it's there but he kind of has that little bit of a you know handles handles on him but he also has bicep muscle. You can see it when he flexes, but it's not veiny. It's not like, oh my fucking God, what the fuck is that? Um, <laughs> you know, kind of arm. It's it's perfectly proportioned. My husband's perfectly proportioned to me. So, in a sense, ugh, I can't stand really seeing guys that have no ass and nothing to hold on to. You know, It's not my thing. 
I don't want when I and when I go to grab their arm or something or put my arm around theirs, you know, I don't want to feel bone. I kind of want, I want to feel warm, nice, insulated skin. Is what. <laughs> but yeah, I still want to feel that little humble bicep, you know, especially like legs, you know, like oh my god, yeah, and you know, it gets me all excited. Anyway, sorry, we went squirrel for a second there, but. Um, get help. And also, you know, if you're having really dark thoughts, always call, always know that there is a hotline, the National Suicide Hotline. People are there to talk to you 24-7. They're not there to judge you. It is their, you know, purpose and job to sit there and listen to you and help you. I wish people would call that more often, okay? Instead of, you know, flinching away from it. Because let me tell you something. It's... It's better to be heard than to be alone and not being able to voice your concern or, you know, voice yourself. Because if you stay inside your head too long, blunt, to put it bluntly, something is going to happen and it's going to affect you, your family, or whoever around you and yourself. Okay? So just know you're beautiful inside and out. And if you want to exercise constantly and be a health nut, oh my God, you praise you. I mean, bless your heart because go for it. All right? Just don't be that person that has to forcefully say hey to someone else and say, hey, what you're eating isn't good for you. Um, okay, I'm pretty sure they know that. Please do not put that in their face, all right? Just because you're at Wendy's getting a salad and they're getting a cheeseburger does not mean you need to stand up and go, hey, you know, that's bad for you. No, how about you sit down, honey, eat your salad, let them eat their cheeseburger, because as far as you know, you don't know each other, and be done with it. So, hope you guys have a great day. Um, I'm gonna go, you know, go get my three-year-old son who is, um, well, it looks like he's, uh, you know, just taking his robot apart and throwing the pieces around. Uh, it's fine, whatever, it's his toy, but maybe, hopefully, he's, you know, not too frustrated. <laughs> so, I'm gonna go see if he needs help. All right, I will talk to you guys later.